today, kids are coming back in at 11.52 because we're having communion today, and so kids are going to rejoin us for that, and so just be watching for kids to come back in about that time. They'll be gathering back in the back area. So, uh, so Denton is a city that I love, uh, and I love that we get to experience nature and beauty in the midst of this city with, with lakes and trees and parks and wooded streets. It is a great place to experience the wonder of nature. And sometimes the places where you experience that wonder will surprise you. And so a while back, I was visiting a church member on the north side of Denton whose, whose wife, longtime wife, had just passed away. And as I walked into his house to spend some time with him, I walked past this beautiful, stately, schumard red oak in their front yard in North Denton. It's about 70 feet tall. Uh, the picture does not even do it justice at all. And I commented on just how spectacularly beautiful this tree was. And he tells me this story about when they first got married, and they bought this house. They went back to their family land, his wife's family land, and her father let him dig up a sapling from the creek bank and bring it to their house, and they planted it in their yard, and for over 60 years that they were married, it grew alongside them and alongside their family, and he said, the tree grew big, but our love grew bigger, and I was wiping tears from my eyes, <laughs> and I'm thinking, I gotta go get my wife a tree, <laughs> and I gotta love her like that, too, that's the heart, that's the, that's where, that's the rub there. But after that visit, I, I'm like walking out to my car, and I'm, I'm walking by this beautiful oak tree. And I, I'm looking up at the wonder of this that was, has been growing long before I was here on the earth. And underneath it, I saw, scattered underneath it, hundreds of little acorns, little seeds that held trees just as magnificent inside of them, just waiting to be planted, waiting to grow waiting for the opportunity to flourish just like that tree. Because every seed, even though it's so small, contains a tree just as magnificent. It contains the future and all that it will be. All you need is a seed plus some nutrients and time. And it grows. It grows like love that we cultivate. It gets bigger. And as we move through our life and our community, as we go through this life, we drop seeds as we go. We drop seeds of love and goodness and peace and compassion and justice. We, drop, we can drop seeds, truthfully, that, that like weeds can grow other types of things and choke out life. Over the past months, we've seen some of the seeds grow of, of hatred and bigotry and fear of violence. But we've also seen people like the Rabbi Rick Jacobs and our friend Imam Omar Suleiman uh, Reverend William Barber and others who've, who've locked arms along with so many of you to try to stand up and plant seeds in peace in our world. This was a gathering that they had just a few weeks ago in El Paso to stand up for our migrant neighbors and for peace in our world. And even though seeds, even as colorful and beautiful as this, seem so incredibly small, those seeds contain the tree. They contain the story of that tree that will grow and stand for years. Seeds are powerful. And what we sow as we go through this world, with our lives and with our words and with our love and with our investments and with our time, those seeds matter. And even though we don't always get to see the fruit, the God of sun and rain and nutrients and time is faithful. 
and is at work in every life, helping those seeds of peace grow in fullness. The seeds contain the whole tree and all of its possibilities. And so last week we talked about how God calls us to be for our city, for our community, for our beautiful, funky, creative, conscious, but a little country, small, big-hearted, open-minded city to be for it and to plant seeds here and to seek shalom, to seek its welfare, as Shaley read for us, to plant seeds here. And to do that, we looked at this story of Israel during a time of exile. They had been conquered by Babylon, the strongest empire of the day. And, and this moment in Israel's history was one of, the most, um, one of the most consequential times in their story. Uh, much of Israel was carried off to a new city. They were, they were left there in a challenging situation. They were displaced in a different culture and community. Uh, they hadn't established the pattern of their life in this new place, and they had all kinds of questions about when the utilities get turned on and, like, how to get internet in this place. They had lots of questions, and they're just trying to figure out how to be in a new place, just like new students are, are figuring that out in our schools and our universities in town, and just like all of us are waking up every day still with those questions of how to figure out how to have meaning in life and work and neighborhood and all of those things together. But God said to, to Israel at that time, I don't want you to just be in the city where you are, not just temporary residents or tourists or takers. I don't want you to be against the city as antagonists. Instead, I have a different vision for you. I want you to be for the city where you find yourself. And so here's the passage that we looked at last week. It says, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the God of Israel, to all the exiles whom I've sent into exile from Jerusalem to Babylon. And here's the message. Build houses and live in them. Plant gardens and eat what they produce. Multiply there and do not decrease. Dig in. Plant gardens. Sow seeds. Grow life. Put down roots and make a home in this place and a life that bears fruit, that multiplies. And rather than disappearing, increase in the places where you are. But not just for yourself, it says, but seek the shalom, the welfare of the city where I've sent you into exile and pray to the Lord on its behalf, for in its shalom you will find your shalom. Seek the shalom of the city. And that word shalom is the Hebrew word for kind of a universal, holistic flourishing. Seek the flourishing of the community around you, the holistic flourishing, the spiritual and social and economic and equitable, relational and educational and environmental holistic flourishing here. Make a home, dig in, plant gardens, plant seeds, and make an impact for good. For in its holistic flourishing, you will flourish as well because we are bound up together in an inextricable cloth of mutuality. Sharing the same beautiful trees of wonder as we pass by the sidewalks of this world. And so let's make sure that as we go, as we are planting seeds, that we are always throwing sunshine and never shade, right? Unless it's summertime and then plant some shade trees. That's a good thing to do along the way. So we're invited to dig in and get some dirt underneath our fingernails and plant some seeds and let the seeds that we plant be for the city and for all people. And so Jesus has a metaphor that's connected with this. And he invites us, when we're planting seeds, to let the seeds that we plant be seeds that give shelter. Just like a garden makes a home and a shelter for life, let your seeds 
make a home and a shelter for others. And so Jesus talks about it this way. Throughout his teaching, he uses this metaphor of seeds to describe the way that God's work for renewal and reconciliation and love for all people in our world works. So Jesus says things like this. When he's describing the work of God, he says, what is the kingdom of God like, and to what should I compare it? He says, it's like a mustard seed. Now, before we get to the seed thing, just a little side note, Jesus' metaphor here of, of the kingdom of God As we've said before, it's not about literal kingdoms and kings and queens. It's not about Harry and Meghan. Um, It's not even about Daenerys and Jon. They look like such a happy couple in that picture. (laughs) Everything's going to end up well for them, just no spoiler. Um, So the kingdom, instead, is not about these kind of temporal things. Instead, the kingdom is a metaphor for those places where God's love and life reigns. It's where life is as God intends. It's where shalom is found. And the kingdom of God, or the kingdom, as we say often around here, because it's really about deep community and connection. The kingdom are those places where the love of God reigns, the places where life as it should be, where shalom and holistic flourishing are growing. Shalom is its character, and shalom is the fruit that grows from the seeds that are planted. And so Jesus' message, as Jesus walked around this earth, oftentimes was as simple as this, th- that this life is available to us, that the life of shalom as God intended is available to you and to us and to all people. And over and over, Jesus' invitation was wide and wide open. It was whosoever, anyone who seeks all who would come, come and find life. And that we are invited to let that kingdom seed grow in our lives and to be a part of planting its seeds everywhere we go, in our city and in our world. And so, Jesus asked, what is that like? What is this kingdom of God, this growing seed like? He says, what is the kingdom of God like? What should I compare it to? It's like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in the garden, and it became a tree, and the birds of the air made nests in its branches. This mustard seed is a tiny seed, like a grain of sand. You would miss it if you were not holding it in your hands, but it grows into a beautiful golden canopy, a protective canopy that buzzes and bursts forth in biodiversity. And just like that, Jesus gives us a picture, a recognizable picture of the character of the growing kingdom seeds in our world. As it grows, it gives shelter and it gives life. And it gives a place and an opportunity for flourishing for all those that find shelter in its branches. You don't even have to like mustard to be there. Just find shelter in the branches. And whatever else you do as you plant seeds, let the seeds that you show, that you sow, give shelter. To create a place where others can find safety and welcome, a place where they might flourish. We're called into this world to build a community together that includes everyone, that shelters all, and especially our most vulnerable neighbors. We're to be planting seeds of a world that is just and equitable, that promotes universal, holistic flourishing, that is life as God intends. We plant those seeds by our words of peace and hospitality, by our actions of compassion and justice and welcome for all people, by being there with our friends and offering a sheltering presence. In the workplace, by listening to someone's story and affirming who God built them to be, by making it clear in our cities and at our borders that that we welcome our most vulnerable neighbors in need, and that we let our actions and our work for justice be to give shelter 
and rest. And by those tiny seeds that we sow, we begin to create community. Because in every seed, it contains the tree that God is growing. When we invest in flourishing, when we work as co-creators and co-cultivators with the creative God that is for our city and for all people. There's a benediction in our Methodist tradition that sometimes you'll hear me say around here uh, that I think sums up the character of this kingdom seed sowing that we're called to. And here's what it says. It says, bear witness to go into the world, to bear witness to the love of God in this world, so that those to whom love is a stranger will find in you a generous that we go into this world bearing witness to love in a posture of friendship and openness and mutuality that we might help people find life, find love, and plant seeds everywhere we go. So last week as we talked about seeking shalom for our city, we said that, uh, that the call of that is to start where we are with what we have, come in a posture of friendship and to seek shalom. And that's all very good advice a week on, I think. Um, based on my testing, I don't know if anybody came up with any, uh, any counterexamples. But I want to add to this list um, and share a few other principles for how to be good seed sowers in our world. And the first is this. It's less about sowing seeds than being a part of this project. Support your local farmer. And here's what I mean by this. God's message to, to Israel was to go into the city and plant gardens and build houses and to increase, not just to, to blend in, but to seek the shalom and in that, to support others who are seeking the shalom as well. And so right here in our town, there are people around us who are at work sowing seeds, who are cultivating gardens and, and trying to, to build the beautiful community. Support them. Support them with your time and your effort and your prayers and your giving and your generosity. Encourage those who are working for good. Be generous and be on the lookout for ways to join those places where God is already at work. We talked about a few last week through mentoring and coming alongside students. We can support the work in our school systems for the holistic education of all students. And there's so many seed planters and cultivators and beauty creators in our city. And so I would just encourage you this week to find a way to support their work. Find something local and, and go support it with your presence. It makes a big difference when people show up. Go to local music. Go to an art show. Go to a community gathering or a group that's organizing for justice or empowerment in our city. One night this week, um, here's your homework. Go out to a local restaurant and eat there. Uh, and while you're there, thank them uh, for planting in our community and for, for feeding and bringing joy to our, our city. And then tip if you can do that. Uh, that always helps, right? Support your local farmers. Support others who are digging into this city. And the next is this. Seek shalom even for the opposition. Now, I don't say this lightly, but here's, here's what I mean. In every work, there's always opposition and obstacle. Not everything you plant will take root. And sometimes there might be weeds that choke it out or of apathy or intolerance and systems of the status quo. But, but your seeds in this work matter, and they especially matter when they're spread wide to all people. When you seek shalom even for the opposition, which is crazy. <laughs> crazy talk. And it was for Israel. Babylon seemed like everything that Israel was set against. Babylon conquered Israel and carried its people away into exile. And still God says, seek the shalom of Babylon. 
In the same way, Jesus said to love those who might consider themselves our enemies because our lives are deeply intertwined. If our neighbor is better, then we are better. And so we will seek the shalom of those around us no matter what. And I'm not saying in this to forego justice seeking because justice seeking is a way of seeking shalom. And I'm not saying to go into unsafe spaces, but if you do, let it be love that leads you there and scatter seeds when you arrive. So at my house, it's the mockingbirds that eat our food in our garden. They eat our baby tomatoes before I can get to them. Atticus Finch uh, said it's a sin to kill a mockingbird, um, but I hope it's not a sin to glare at them with really mean eyes, because I do that. There will be obstacles, and there will be mockingbirds in this life, and we're called to seek the shalom where we find ourselves. So this is a picture of my grandfather, who was an amazing man, who worked in his garden every day of his life. Um, It was an organic garden before, I think we had that word, before it was cool. He had the most amazing grove of blueberry trees, and I was asking him one day, how do you keep the birds out of your blueberries? You know, do you put a net over the bushes? Uh, Do you hide out there with an air horn and just, whenever they come near? And this is what he said. He said, no, I just plant enough for the birds to plant enough seeds of love for all people, for the other side, for everyone who might come across our path. Um, I'm gonna, sweet. Cool. All right. Does anybody know whose phone that is? Cool. All right. Cool. Awesome. So uh, if someone wants to talk to Hubby, they're calling for you right now. <laughs> awesome. So on that note, on that note, the last thing I think that we're invited to do is to plant seeds of radical love. Being nice is important. It's better than the alternative. But God calls us to more than even niceness. God calls us to seek shalom. Shalom is about a love that goes down to the roots and reaches into the systems and structures, into every domain of human existence. It is deep. It is radical. And I say that word radical intentionally, because the word radical has in its etymology the Latin root radix, which means root, (laughs) where we get the word radish, which is the most radical of all vegetables, as we know. So all we do is to be rooted in love, to be rooted in radical love. The seeds we sow in the ground, our actions and our words, our plans, our vigils, our friendships, our investments— All of it are to be radical. That is to be rooted in God's love, a love which is at its root for all people in all places, that seeks the holistic flourishing of all, no matter your age, your race, your creed, your orientation, your identity, your religion, whether you're NCTC or UNT or TWU or TBD, whatever it is in your life, we are called to love those around us and to let our seed sowing be rooted in that love, in that vision of the kingdom, of that shalom vision of universal holistic flourishing. And so as we go this next week, if you're an educator, when you care for your students, you know it is not because it is your job, it is because at the root of everything, those who are entrusted with you are beloved children of God, built to flourish as God created them. When we're gracious as students to our teachers, it's not just because we want them to show back up on Monday, 
But it's because at the root of it all, they are children of God who are giving of themselves and we want them to flourish. And when you smile at someone in the classroom or the cafeteria or the workplace or on the sidewalk, maybe you smile at someone whose language is different than your own. We smile with a smile that is rooted in love and rooted in that vision of a God who speaks all languages. That the kingdom is of every nation and every tongue, and there is no culture or country or ethnicity that is supreme, that love is supreme, and that is the radical love that is rooted in the heart of God and the work of God in our world. So have a deep-rooted vision of that tree that will be in the seeds that you plant. Do your best to plant God's dream for the city. Catch the seed of an idea and then have the courage to act upon it in the businesses that you work in, in the real estate that you sell or that you build, in the way that you interact with your clients and your coworkers. Seek the shalom, because in every seed, though it seems small, is the whole tree. It's the story that God is building in our world. And the kinds of seeds that we plant and what they are rooted in and the way we go about planting them matter. So plant in radical love. Because seeds that are sown in love contain the whole shalom and shelter. So I want to tell you about a seed sower that means a lot to me. Over the last few years, if I've been thinking about planting seeds and seeking shalom, I've often returned to the civil rights movement for wisdom and for courage. And one of my favorite leaders to read from is John Lewis, who's at the end of the line of great leaders here. John Lewis is one of the remaining saints of that generation who marched with Dr. King across the Edmund Pettus Bridge in Selma, Alabama. Uh, it was on that bridge that he was beaten to a point of unconsciousness by police and state authorities. On what would become known as Bloody Sunday, he walked that bridge, but it did not stop him or his seed planting or change the fact that the seeds that he were plant, was planting were for all people and that they were planted, rooted in love. And so he wrote a book called Across That Bridge, writing about the civil rights movement. He says this, the civil rights movement was above all a work of love. Even though few describe it that way now, it was love in its highest form. It was radical love. They were, in the face of violence and hatred and opposition, trying, as Dr. King used to joke to his friends, they were trying to love the hell out of this world and just love the hell out of everybody. They believed that in the seeds that they planted was the whole tree of shelter and shalom and that it mattered. And it was not an easy task for them to love like this, but they believed that the seeds contained the tree. And so they dug their roots down deep and they tried to learn the way of peace and love and nonviolence. And they trained seriously for, for weeks and months. Before they would go out publicly for a sit-in or for a march or for a ride, they would meet in church basements and study. They would study the Bible and the way of Jesus. They would read Gandhi and Thoreau and internalize practical, physical disciplines of nonviolence and also of courtesy and conduct, of kindness and eye contact and they would wear coats and ties and dresses. They would offer kind words and calm words to those that they engaged with. And they would intensely practice through role-playing to withstand what they might face because they knew that the seeds that they planted mattered. And they wanted their seeds to be planted in love and peace. And sometimes that takes some work. But they weren't trying to get legislation passed. They were trying 
to transform the world. They were seeking shalom. They were planting a tree that they wanted to last. And they wanted it like the mustard seed to give shelter to many. But most of all, I think the best practice that they engaged with was simply loving each other in their community, in that kingdom that they were forming. Among the diverse movement, they tried their best to be the beloved community to each other. John Lewis said this about their work. He said, I discovered that you have to have this sense of faith that what you're moving toward is already done and live as if. We tried to live that way together. They believed that the seeds they planted contained the whole tree. It just took some nutrients and some time that it was already done and the best way to live that out was to live as if with each other. To plant seeds in the community as if and sow in love and radical love and radical faith. And so when we gather here at Open, in our lives, in our community, when we gather to learn how to be for our city and to walk in the way of Christ, we're obviously not John Lewis, we're not Dr. King at all, but we come here with the same intention to train in love and grow in love and do our best to love each other as if to create the world that God invites us to create. That especially in our diversity, we might go into the world and bear witness to the beloved community that has already been planted in our midst. Even if we see it only in glimpses, it is a seed of radical love that already reigns in our world. And in some way, as we go in our world, all we can ever do is plant seeds and plant gardens. But it's those gardens that bring shalom to our city. And so the only question for us is what kind of seeds will we plant with our life and with our time here? We have a choice to follow the status quo of the world, plant seeds of, of apathy or hurry, unkindness and selfishness, or we can plant seeds of love and joy and justice and peace, of patience and kindness and goodness and faithfulness and self-control. We don't always get to see the outcome of the seeds that we plant. But in faith, we know that the God of rain and soil and sun and time makes those seeds grow. And we have faith that God can take even our small mustard seed attempts and use them to bring shelter and shalom when we plant those seeds in radical love. And when we live bearing witness to the love that is already won and live life as if to plant trees that contain, plant seeds that contain the trees. So friends, we are called in our world, in our workplaces and communities and neighborhoods and schools to plant gardens, to cultivate them, to support other farmers who are doing the same, to plant seeds and seek shalom even for those who seem like opposition, and to do it all in radical love and in some way to plant our lives in this place for the sake of all people, to be for the shalom of this city. For in its shalom, we will find our own, God says. And so let's be for this city, for our neighbors. Plant seeds, plant gardens, and get to work in the reigning love of the God who's at the root of it all, bringing life and love, liberation, justice, and peace. Let's plant seeds in the radical love of God.
Let's pray together. Gracious, incredible God, who loves us more than we can imagine. We thank you for just the reminder, God, that the seeds that we plant, although they may seem small, that they contain the whole tree. And God, we thank you for the opportunity in our places that we go to plant your kinds of seeds. God, it seems impossible that anything could grow out of them sometimes, but we have seen it over and over, that you bring life, you bring love.